0: Hey Cleveland, this
1: is Annie Nikoloff. And this is Nikki Delmont. Welcome to our first episode of our new music podcast, 2NIC, streaming on cleveland.com. In each episode, we'll be filling you in on upcoming shows, giving you exclusive premieres from area bands, and telling the behind-the-scenes stories from the local
0: music industry. Today, you'll be hearing from some special guests at Gotta Groove Records, Cleveland's own vinyl record factory, and Wax Mage, a side project by a Gotta Groove employee that makes their own experimental vinyl records. Then, we'll be premiering a new song from local rock band Mr. Carnivore. Oh, and we'll let you know about some shows this February.
1: First up, you'll hear from Wax Mages Heath and Gotta Groove Records owner Vince in a conversation we had at Cleveland.com earlier this
2: week. Hey, uh, hi, good morning, or good afternoon, or whenever you're <laughs> I have no idea.
0: That's Heath. He's the head of Wax Mage at Gotta Groove Records.
2: So, yeah, I got uh, pretty lucky uh, that I was able to. To start pressing records, I got a Groove Records about seven years ago. And uh, Vince has been kind enough to uh, let me experiment with all the scraps and the vinyl and stuff laying around there. And that's that's kind of how I got started uh, making, making these records. Uh, a, a lot of it was experimental. I had to do a lot of time studies and was always pushing to get... You know Vince and Matt at and like, can we sell this? Can we sell this? And uh, eventually, after after I was able to iron a few of the designs out, we were we were able to start offering wax ma- wax mage designs at Godigroo Records. Absolutely,
1: and so that's even kind of evolved to a bit of a record label as well. Like we put out
2: some records. I have put out I've put out a couple of records. Um, we've done a lot of co releases with Quality Time Records here out of Cleveland, and then just some. Co-releases that we jump on, um, just because the the a favorite band of mine would show up, like start it was getting a record press, I got a group, so I call them up and be like, hey, can I can I put out 20 of these on, on my label? It kind of just evolved from there and, and grew from there, just by word of mouth, really.
0: And uh, you have experience in the local music scene too as a musician,
2: <clears throat> right? I do. I play in a hardcore punk band called Desh, and uh, I play bass, and I also play bass in Gold Mines.
1: Absolutely. And so you know, we've seen that model of places like Happy Dog where, you know, the owners have invested in hiring musicians. Obviously, like, you know, you know better than anyone what is kind of involved with the industry. So I was wondering, you know, from Vince's perspective, you know, what kind of drives that decision to hire all these musicians? There's so many kind of behind the scenes that work with you.
3: Yeah, there's a couple of things. One is just um, by virtue of opening our doors, we attracted interest from people in the music community who were looking for a regular gig versus you know, just playing on the weekends and that kind of thing. And so,
0: This is Vince, the owner of Got A Groove Records.
3: Um, you know, that was certainly part of it. Um, it. The other part of that is that I'm a firm believer that you know, the quality of your product is a reflection of the quality of your employees. And employees who are engaged in what they do and love what they do are, are kind of generally put out a quality product. And certainly, musicians um, have an appreciation for the format, um, what goes on it. In many cases, perhaps they've done vinyl before, and they know, they know what that's like. That first time you get to open it up, and you're on vinyl, and you want it to be good. Um, so yeah, you can't you can't. Hire somebody and teach them to be passionate about a pro- about product, or it's difficult, you know. But um, so they already come to us with sort of that uh, advantage.
0: Could you talk about some of the musicians that work at Gotta
3: Group? Sure, besides Heath, there's, I don't, you can correct me too, I'm probably going to miss a few. There's Shayla, who's in Seafair, uh, Chris Smith, who's in a number of bands, Inmates, Terminal Lovers, Keel Hall. Uh, Keel Hall, yeah. Mitch Ribis, Fascist Insect. Tim Thornton has Tyler Tiger Village.
2: has his own record, or his own uh, label as well, that he works.
3: Oh right, like that he, he puts stuff on on cassettes. Uh, Carter is in Fascinating. He, yeah, and, he's in a lot of bands. And he, yeah, and he also did his own project, a little, put on a short uh, cassette thing, I think. Mm-hmm. It was really good. Uh, Donny Brown. Donny Brown has been a singer in a lot of hardcore bands. Paul, Mack Paul Mac records pretty course, much course, yeah. every punk band in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. So Paul Macaron um, <coughs> is, a, is a well-known local engineer, producer, records.
2: Speaking of engineers, Brian Straw. Brian Straw, yes, oh. yes. Cool. see, so yeah, I'm glad you're here. I, I, I'm going through the
3: rolodex of employees in my mind, and I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting some. I'm sure people. I am too. I'm, which, I'm sorry if you're listening to this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, as far as you doing the Wax Age project. Um, Talk a little bit about, you know, just those first records that you did, what, um, you know, because they're so unique and just so cool-looking that, you know, what were kind of your inspirations behind that like, putting them together and just, you know, what <coughs> goes into the looks and aesthetics
2: of that. Well, in the, in the record industry, there are a few standards, like the half and half color, you know, half black, half white mm-hmm. or whatever, and then um, the splatter records. So those are, like, some of the things that, that I started learning and then learning how, you know, vinyl as a medium works. So it was really all um, a surprise to me as well. You know, the machine is going to do the same thing every time it's going to press a little round puck of vinyl at 1500 PSI. Every single time it's going to do the same thing to that material. And what can I do different? Where can I lay those materials on the plates to, to make something else happen? You know, what size does the vinyl need to be? What temperature does the vinyl need to be? Um, it, it's really still, even at this point, it's, it's experimental. I have, you know, I've locked in a few techniques and a few designs where I'm like, I know that this is what's going to happen. You know, and occasionally the colors act differently, so I can get one effect with purple and pink that I can't get with red and white. You know what I mean? So it's really, um, it's really a lot of trial and error. Every day I'm surprised You know, just by like an idea I have. You know, I started. I'm surprised that I even still get ideas. You know, (laughs) even even after doing it. So, and I'm inspired a lot by what other people are putting out there in the industry as well. And I think that I've kind of spurred on like a a little thing in in the industry where I have like other people. We we share information, but not, you know, but not the big secrets. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's just like kind of a. I'm like, oh, think about. The temperature of what you're doing and then other people will tell me well you know I thought about this and this and this happened and I'm like cool so there's like an exchange of ideas but not like an in-depth thing because it's like pretty secretive like absolutely. yeah yeah well, really <laughs> for sure <laughs> yeah
0: for sure um we were wondering if you ever get any interesting requests for vinyl like any strange stories I said that there's some things that you won't do
2: I'm not allowed to put marijuana in a record yet. Uh, yet. <laughs> and uh, and um, but some guy asked me. He was like, "Hey, man, can you put a razor in a record?" And I was like, "I don't know." I was like, "It's thin enough." I actually had like a caliper, which is a measuring tool, out, and I'm like measuring one of our one of our blades, and then measuring a record, and then like considering how I could lay it in there without completely destroying it. Pair of ten thousand dollar dies, but I did do it. I was able to get an actual razor inside of a record. I put guitar picks in records. We put uh, coffee in a record. We put hair shreddy, in a record. We'd shredded put cash. Shredded cash in a record. Glitter in a record. Wait, hair? Ha- yes. <laughs> That's a. Yeah. This is the grossest no. thing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the record was called <clears throat> seven inch record. Junior. Yeah.
2: I don't know. They called it the piss and hair variant. Yeah, it was like getting your
3: <laughs> hair wet with pee while you take yeah, a shower, or something, something like, like that. that yeah. So it's one of a kind. It yeah, was absolutely true. one of a kind. Yes, yes. So there was. Uh, we got the, when we got the hair, it was uh, sealed in a plastic bag with a note from the label or the customer saying that um, this hair came from so and so. It was washed right before it was cut. Thank you. For, <laughs> yeah. But what we won't do is, we've been asked to do blood, we won't do blood, and it's just sort of a... Safety hazard.
1: Yeah. Well, sure, yeah, I was asking
3: my <laughs> press operators to, you know, be exposed to that. and that's So, we, we won't do that, but, uh, yeah. And the coffee ground thing, that was uh, interesting, but it made a real mess of our press. Um, you know, you don't realize that coffee has oil in it, actually, so... Um, yeah, I won't be doing that again, but it was it was interesting.
1: So you're saying it's more glitter, less coffee.
3: Right? <laughs> <laughs> more glitter is always good. Right?
1: <laughs> so I think one thing that's kind of fun is I have actually been to multiple wax-made art shows, and I love that it's kind of elevated to that sort of art form. Do you see that, especially, you know, there's so many, you know, talks about the vinyl revival and, like, that interest and in things like that, so... Does it kind of surprise you to see it, you know, hanging up on the wall of like, you know, Tremont Art Gallery and things like that? Or is it something that, you know, more people are just kind of seeing for what it is as, you know, an art?
2: I, first of all, I'm blown away that, that people are actually considering, considering it art because it's not anything that's really ever happened before. When a label puts out a record and it looks really cool, you know, everybody, you know, congratulates the label. For, for putting that out, when I'm like, <laughs> you know, raising my hand, I'm like, hey, um, I was like, I made that, you know, it's, it's kind of like being a chef in a kitchen, you know, and there's two or three other chefs that work there, but you know, if you go on Wednesday night, that one chef that you really dig is going to be there, there's no, there's no cooking show for press operators, and there are a lot of press operators out there that are, that are doing really amazing artwork, it's not, it's not an, Easy thing to do to make something that not only looks beautiful, looks beautiful spinning, but also sounds beautiful. It's it's a definitely a, a very focused skill set um, and something that people think about. I never considered myself an artist by any means at all. I'm just a blue collar factory worker, always have been, and I just found something that really clicked for me. And it's it's an honor, a pleasure to be able to show the records that that. I get to make a got group records you know in in a public forum and an art so I I really feel like an outsider outsider art kind of thing but really cool that I get to do that
0: with vinyl records in general I mean we've seen such a resurgence have you seen you know more of a demand for these specialty designs or colors or things like that has that also um, come up more in recent years
3: sure yeah people who come by the plan for tours uh, a lot of the ones, particularly older ones like myself, will say, "Wow, look at all these color records and i don 't remember color records when I was a kid and, and they were out there you know they just weren't as prevalent as they are now it's just you know trying to market a physical product in a digital world and trying to stand out so I think that's a big reason why you see more color and more color variations, but we actually have a book um, Somebody gave me when we started the business back in 2009 that had a compilation of a bunch of different color records with some very interesting designs. So this goes back 20, 30 years. It's just more, again, more prevalent now. It gets more publicity now. So, yeah.
1: So, I mean, going forward, you know, what's kind of next for you guys? And where do you kind of see that kind of like revival going? Do you see... You know that interest just continuing, or is there anything else in the
2: works for your? Anything we can expect? Um, I have, I think, I think it's almost five releases that are that will be coming out this year. Uh, Dash full length EP, uh, Waxmage Double Trouble compilation should be out really soon. Hopefully, going to be able to uh, do some work with Fresh Produce and, and some more work with Quality Time down the road. As as far as Waxmage's future, I would like to. You know, someday be a full-fledged record label where I actually am, like signing bands and, and you know, just like you know, set in a place where I don't know. I just always want to be surrounded by music in one fashion or another. And uh, I'm I'm not gonna leave God Groove because I love I love my job and I love I love the people I work for. But I know that I would definitely. It's always been a dream of mine to to own and run a record label, have my own business. Yeah,
3: we would like to be you know. A- wax me to be our biggest customer at some point. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah, for for us, it's we do see vinyl continuing to grow. I, I I assume at some point it will plateau. When you look at, despite the growth of vinyl, and you look at it compared to again when I was young and it was the dominant physical format, you know it's a small slither slither of that pie. Um, and I say this. Often to people, but you know, my marker is when I stop having people come in who haven't been there before and say, hey, what do you guys do? Or make records, and they, and they they always say well, not, a lot of them say well, they still make records, or, or maybe I'm starting to hear now. Oh, I heard like maybe records are coming back. You know, it, it, it tells me that the it's not a level of mass consciousness at this point in time. So that suggests that there's more growth. When I stop hearing that, I'll know well. Then maybe it's plateaued. I don't think it's going to go away. I mean, it never has gone away, despite the fact that people thought it had. You know, there are a lot of pressing plants out there that have been around for a lot longer than we have. Some date back to like the 30s and 40s. So, it's not going to go away. I think, again, it might plateau at some point, but it's going to be a nice, healthy niche business.
0: Well, and Vince, we, we spoke last year, but you said you were on par to like, reach a million records in 2017 out of Got A Group. Mm-hmm. Did you achieve that? Yeah,
3: we did. Awesome. Went a little over that, yeah. So
0: like, what, when you first started, like, how many were you putting out that first year compared to... Uh, I'd year? have to go
3: back and look. Again, I tell this story a lot, too. What we did, our first release was a 100-record job of, a, of two local bands. It was a split, and um, so pressed our first record, our first physical record, in the end of August of 09, and that was the record, and we didn't finish it until sometime in late October or early November. So it was 100 records. So now we make 100 records in an hour and a yeah. half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we've we've come an awful long way, um, and, and it's uh, it's interesting to look back and see that now, but when you're in the middle of it, you just keep, you know, one foot ahead of the other you don't really necessarily realize that
1: absolutely it's so great that you know you started so local centric and you know what you're doing is really giving local bands something really one of the kind and just awesome to like you know hold in your hand or sell it your sell it your show but now you're also sending these <laughs> records all around the world too so it's cool to see you have some some very big names planned
2: Ho- hopefully uh, wax mage can be like uh, an continue to be an integral part of got a groove and helping to change the vinyl industry a little bit in in that there's that we're making collectible things like people go nuts like when I put up uh, records for sale for wax mage it's always 20 25 hand numbered, limited this that and the other thing and they're gone in 15 minutes like just just like that. So I know that there's a pretty huge demand for that stuff, and Gotta Groove is the only place that's making this stuff. I, I feel like if we can continue to make like collectible pieces or unique pieces, like in the industry, that it'll keep it more in the forefront. You know, not not just Gotta Groove, but just like the industry in itself.
3: Yeah, that's a good point. It's, you asked the earlier question too about. Um... What he's seeing on, on his end, but on our end, we're also getting more orders where they're requesting wax page. Um, so this is outside of the wax page label. Um, and we limit those intentionally for a couple of reasons. One is just the unique aspect of it, but the other is they physically take a lot of time. And so you know, we, if we were doing nothing but those kinds of records, one, they wouldn't be as collectible, and, and two, they would kind of nudge out the bulk of what we do. So, but yeah, that, I, I see that continuing, certainly. We've certainly seen that uh, last year and this year even with you know, customers when they're putting an order. Hey, we'd like to get those 20 or 25 wax mage too, tapped onto this.
1: That's awesome. That's a great collaboration. So, if we want to find out more about both
3: of your businesses, where can we go? Uh, com.
2: And you can check out WaxMageRecords.com. You can find Wax Mage Records on Instagram and also Facebook. And Gotta Records as well as on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Well, thank you so much for um, being our first guest. Thanks so much for thank having you. us.
0: Thank you. Coming up next on the 2 podcast is some local music. In this episode, we are featuring local rock band Mr. Carnivore. Uh, Mr. Carnivore has only been around for a couple of months, but they've been hard at work recording their own music, and they plan to put out an EP or an album sometime this year. The band is made up of Pat LaGuardia, Zoe LaGuardia, Mike Pappas, and Kevin Hanna. Here's their newest song, Knees.
4: We lived and died a thousand times Stuck in a world turned on its Had your hopes I and I had mine We watched them splitting at the side And hey, my life is no i okay.
0: got a few local shows you should check out this month. First up, on February 5th at 4.30pm, you can join us at the Music Box Supper Club for the Cleveland Sessions launch party. Cleveland alternative rock band Seafair will be performing. You know, earlier in the podcast, we mentioned that a lot of musicians work at got a Groove. One of those is Seafair's own lead singer, Shayla Hope. She and the rest of the band will be headlining the event, which includes a free song set that will be taped by cleveland.com videographers, followed by a full show. Me and Nikki will be there at the show, too, so come say hi. Also, if this is any incentive for you to go, there will be some free food there. And a little bit more about the Cleveland Sessions. It's a new Cleveland.com video series produced in partnership with the Music Box and OWow Internet Radio that puts the spotlight on bands you should know, both locally and nationally. And in the past, that's included the Modern Electric, Greta Van Fleet, and John Langford and the Four Lost Souls. You can watch those videos and find more information about the show at ClevelandSessions.com.
1: Later this month, we also have the Clean Music City Showcase at the grog shop on February 17th, which kicks off at 8 p.m. This is put on by a local promoter, and every year they have a show featuring local bands with some of the best releases from the last year. This year's lineup is super eclectic. You have Morning of Black Star, which fuses soul, hip-hop, electronic, Hyrum uh, Maxim, which is experimental rock, Pea Stoops, which is electronic, and Shag, which is one of the best newer punk bands in Cleveland. Coming up, of course, is Bright Winter Fest, happening on Saturday, February 24th, 3 p.m. on the West Bank of the Flats. Um This is its ninth year, and it's become one of the biggest music festivals in Cleveland. We've had, you know, amazing weather the last couple years, so we're crossing our fingers that it holds out this year, too, because there's so many venues and stages all throughout the Flats. Uh They actually tapped Southern Australian India at Atlas Genius to headline this year. I saw them at Bumberry a couple years ago, and they were fantastic, so I'm super looking forward to that. Seafair uh, is also a local headliner. Among the many acts that are playing, there's Obnox, Herzog, Fresh Produce, Jack Ford, and many more regional bands throughout um,
0: the whole day. Thank you all for tuning in to episode one of Two Nicks here on Cleveland.com. Be sure to check out Cleveland.com for more local music news and future episodes of our show.